well. Good evening once again, my friends. How are you? Have you been resting? Have you been celebrating? Have you been enjoying quiet? Or have you been reveling in noise? I wonder. Celebrate it all, at any rate. Just celebrate. Do you hear that, my love? He's pretending he can't hear me. Just celebrate. For a change. Can you not just for a short time leave things be and enjoy them? Is there room in your black heart for that? He thinks he's won something. He's not listening. He won't listen when I tell him it doesn't matter now what he does. The story is coming to an end, and we can't change that. He's afraid of this. He doesn't know what he is if he's not a villain, and he doesn't know what I am if I'm not a victim. But all stories must end, and the villain usually doesn't win. Who knows, though? I don't, certainly. Anything can happen. I would like to celebrate out in the sky, though, as well as down here in this crypt for the non-dead such as we are. I would like to fly up and out into the sunrise. I would like to feel my eyes weaken and my skin burn just a little. I would like to smile into the sun. It's been a long time. I used to love the sunshine. I haven't really thought about it for a long time, but perhaps I still do. I used to love many things before I found myself in the dark. I'm trying to find a better way to say, I have a story for you. Because that's what I always say. But I do. I have a story for you. It's also for me. Just like this podcast is. Once, there was a young woman who found herself lost in the woods. That's how it starts quite often, isn't it? With someone lost in the woods. I wish I was lost in the woods right now. This young woman was with a group of young people. She and her husband, not married long, were at a party during the busy and wild holiday time we find ourselves just exiting now, surrounded by friends. Well, some friends. Mostly acquaintances to this girl. None she would say she was close with. But she found herself with them, dreaming of the friends she had as a child, or her family, or merely anyone she felt love for and not a mere polite awareness of. But they had eaten their food and drunken their wine and played their parlor games, and they found themselves stumbling through their town in search of another feast, another party, another group of people, anything. Anything to remind them that they were young and alive. For they so rarely felt it anymore. 
but she fell behind. Took a different turn. The wine hit her more strongly, I suppose. And this lady found herself somewhere she didn't know. Somewhere that was no longer town. Somewhere that was deep among the trees. Where the moon didn't shine through the trees, yet the birds sang more sweetly. And the crisp winter air smelled of pine and snow. She called out for her husband, but he did not come. She called for her group, but they did not hear. And, just as she was about to let herself grow afraid for no real reason, the forest gave her a reason. She heard footsteps in the snow. Slow, labored. She heard someone's breath, loud and rattling. She heard her heartbeat pounding in her ears. The wine had hit her hard, and she couldn't see very well in the darkness in the woods. She saw only a silhouette approach her, and she cried out for them to stay away, to leave her alone, whoever they were. And the figure stopped, and a gentle voice replied, I'm sorry. I only wanted to ask if you were all right. The voice in the shadows was soft and kind, and a young woman too, it would seem. She was indeed relieved, though she wasn't sure why she should have a reason to be. It could be anyone. But she was indeed relieved. No, I'm sorry, she answered, laughing a little at her own fear. I'm afraid I find myself lost here, and I let my nerves get the better of me. The other girl laughed from the shadows. Hmm. <laughs> Easy enough in these woods. No need to apologize. The young woman still couldn't see who the voice was coming from. It was so dark, and she was so deeply in her drink that no matter how carefully she looked, or how she narrowed her eyes, it was no use. I was with my husband, you see. He and his... Our friends were out in town, and he felt the sudden urge to find a pub that might be open still, and I wanted to see the woods. I thought they were behind me, but they weren't. The girl in the shadows laughed. Oh, I understand. I understand well. I was with my... Uh, my man. We were with others, too. But I wanted to be with the woods instead. They laughed at me. The young woman did not laugh in reply, though. They laughed at me, too. And the one in the shadows stopped laughing as well. She did not speak for a little, as they stood in silence. Finally, she asked, Would you like to walk the woods with me instead? The girl smiled, and she just nodded. The two walked alongside each other. Though she was still in shadow, the girl from town could tell that her new friend was different than the other folk from town. Was it because she seemed quite tall? Or was it because she seemed to be dressed only in furs? Was it because her accent was difficult to place? Did any of it matter? 
The girl in the shadows and furs looked up at the sky and gasped, My, how bright the stars are tonight. You can see them, even through the thickness of the trees. The other woman replied, How lovely indeed. But how beautiful the thickness of the trees is, with their branches so naked and thin like the legs of a spider. The one in furs answered, Oh, my dear, then how you would love the sight of the frozen pond, and the way the moon shines off it at this time of night. The one in the satin dress smiled to herself, though the other woman couldn't see it in the dark. My husband laughs when I speak of wanting to see the stars, or the trees, or the moon. The other girl reached her hand out so that they could walk hand in hand. We shall look together. As they walked, the girl from town asked, Why do you think they laugh? The other seemed to shrug. I think they do not understand. They might have once, but they no longer do. They feel confused and left behind themselves, I think, and so they laugh. The girl turned and tried so hard to see the face of the woman beside her. Though she couldn't, she looked in her direction anyway. Your husband, too, then? The woman sighed. Ah, we do not marry our kind. For all that we are the same, you and I, we are very different. And she looked back in the other's direction and had no smile in her voice when she replied, But, yes, he laughs at me too. The poor thing doesn't know the beauty of the moon. When they found the pond, indeed it was lovelier than the girl from town could ever have imagined. It seemed that the moon found its shadowy sister in the glass of the ice beneath it, and they finally could touch. It seemed that the frozen toadstools were alight with the same blue magic that lit up the sky. It seemed that the butterflies prematurely woke in the cold night to come and dance over the ice. The girl in satin breathed in the scene deeply. She didn't need to say anything. It was perfect. It was a fine gift, this scene. The girl in fur and shadow smiled to herself. For the gift of sharing this scene with another tender heart like her own was perhaps even greater than the one she'd given her new companion tonight. Somewhere in the distance, a man cried out a name, searching. Is that your man? The forest woman asked. The town woman only sighed and nodded. Just as the tall one in furs began to retreat into the darkness once more, the small one in satin grabbed her hand and stopped her. She whispered, Not yet, I'm not ready. I'd like to stay here a while with you. The other paused a long while before hesitantly saying, I'd like that, too. But you must leave well before dawn. I will have to leave you then, and it won't be safe for you once I'm gone. 
the girl was confused. Surely it won't be safe for you either. The other exhaled a little. Ah, it will. They'll come for me to take me home before dawn. The girl in satin took off in a run, her smile cunning now. Not if we hide together. By sunup, we can do anything. Have you been so in love with the night, my friend, that you just wanted to run into it? To let the shadows and the trees and the snow and the grass take you wherever they will? That is what she felt. But the other girl did not feel the same. Wait! She cried out, following after her. And her feet seemed to make the ground vibrate with each step they took. Come back! And she chased her through the wood. The town girl in the satin dress ran and ran along the banks of the pond and the crisp air seemed to invigorate her. The world of black and blue and the yellow moon swirled around her like a drunken kaleidoscope, and the pounding footsteps of the forest girl in fur and shadow trailed behind her, growing closer and closer. The one laughed loudly, afraid of nothing it seemed, while the other was silent and trembled for fear of the coming dawn. Finally, the one in fur caught the other. She wrapped her arms around the small one in satin, and only now did the girl from town realize how very large her companion was. She could hear her breath rumbling deep in her chest like a terrible growl. She could feel the size of her hands against her shoulders, and they were larger than her skull and could surely crush her in one move. The fur seemed not to be from a bear, or a wolf, or any animal she knew. In fact, it seemed to be sprouting from her back, her chest. She caught the town girl in her arms, and though she did not hurt her, she did not let her run away. Listen to me, she growled quietly. They will have heard you. They're coming. You must hide. Who is coming? The girl cried, trying to escape. It is too late. If you run, they will catch you. You cannot run. We must wait. The girl suddenly heard loud footsteps around them. She heard deep breathing and low growls just like the woman of shadow and fur, only hungrier. And she heard laughter from deep in the shadows. They won't hurt you, the woman of shadow and fur said as she began to pull the girl towards the frozen pond where the moon no longer shone. Not while I'm here. Let me go. The girl pleaded. I'll go home just as you said. The huge creature towered over her, shielding the little human's body with her sturdy frame. She looked her in the eye, and her eyes were yellow and sad. From her frowning mouth sprouted two great fangs, climbing upwards from her jaw. 
Her skin was a bluish gray, and though her back and body was covered in gray fur, her hair fell all around her face and over her shoulders in black waves. She was shadow and fur indeed, only not what the girl had thought. My friends, was she an ogre, a troll, or something of the like? Well, it didn't matter. She was a woman, and when she smiled, the girl from town knew she never wanted to leave her. She had just found a heart as tender as her own, and now she was meant to leave her. I have never met someone so unafraid of loving everything, the creature said, and the growls and the laughter multiplied all around them. Until an orange light began to peek out from the horizon, where the frozen pond met the sky. The vicious creatures in the trees roared and growled. One, in particular, came out into view. If the woman who protected the girl from town was huge, then this one was immense. His fur was stained with the blood of his enemies, or his dinner, or both. His teeth were black. His eyes flashed as he roared at his woman. And when she didn't come to him, he roared again. And when the sun began to show its face, he wailed. The girl from the forest held the girl from the town in her arms and smiled. Don't leave until it's time, she whispered. The one in the trees snarled as tears fell down his face. He doesn't understand the girl of fur and shadow said. And he retreated into the shadows, the golden sun climbing up into the sky. The woman of fur and shadow began to shake and cry. What's wrong? Why are you frightened? The girl whispered in her gentle friend's ear. I've never seen the sun. She answered simply. And the woman from town felt her friend's embrace growing hard and cold, and she heard the strange sound of stone on stone, like someone trying to move a statue over a marble floor. She held tight to the woman, no longer of fur and shadow but now of stone. She tried to protest. She tried to stop it from happening. But it was too late. The sun had touched her, and she was gone. The woman, weeping, slid out from the embrace and looked upon the newly formed statue. Somewhere in the distance she heard the call of her friends and her loved one. But no one ever looked at the moon and the stars with her, the way the girl from the forest had. I met this girl, of course, years later, when she was an old woman. 
She left it all behind, you see. No matter how hard she tried, she couldn't make her friends and family understand what had happened that night. And they wouldn't help her. Not even after they saw the strange statue of the terrible beast by the water. So, she left it all behind, you see. She built herself a little home in the forest. She studied and she practiced magics, the likes of which even I had never heard of. Hopefully, to once again run through the night with the girl of shadow and fur. I hope she succeeded. I don't know because I didn't return to find an answer. I was afraid to find out the story's end. This story, the one I'm in right now, will end. Soon, I think. What is this? 88? I'm afraid, too. I'm afraid of the dawn. But the sun always has to go back down, doesn't it? And I'll still be here. Somehow. Just like that statue. Good night, my friends. Rest well. Hello, my friends, and Happy New Year. I hope you've had a restful break. This is Kristen, the writer, host, creator of On a Dark Cold Night. Thank you so much for listening in to episode 88 with me tonight. I'd like to start with several thank yous. I have so many people to thank who really made my holiday season by reaching out and supporting the show, whether it was through financial support or your really lovely words, or both. First off, to some donors on coffee.com. Thank you so much to Erica, who bought me three coffees for three wishes, in her words, after I released episode 87. Next up to Jess Echo, who bought me a coffee and called this show the best podcast since Night Vale, which just made my week. I also have to thank two anonymous donors who bought me multiple coffees and left me some very, very kind and touching private messages. So Erica, Jess Echo, and my two anonymous someones, thank you so much for your coffee donations. If you'd like to support like them, you can also buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. Now, one of these anonymous someones also became a supporter on Patreon, which is amazing. Thank you so much. If you become a Patreon supporter, like Anonymous here, you can also have access to the soundtrack of the show for any amount pledged monthly. You can check out our page at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. I don't know. You can also support the show by buying a t-shirt or hoodie at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. Feel free to check us out there. Finally, I need to thank a listener who left us a five-star review on iTunes titled For Those in Need of a Fellow Traveler. Their name is Shasha Shima, and they wrote, I stumbled across this podcast one day looking for something to help me sleep in preparation for another night at work. It did not help me sleep, incorrigible insomniac that I am. I was intrigued and entranced by Ms. Zaza's voice, so, so having listened to the most recent episode first, I decided to start from the very beginning. 
The stories are fables of a sort that have helped me confront some of my own demons. As someone recovering from a traumatic relationship, these stories remind me to not be afraid of moving forward. I do not know if this podcast was intended as such, but for me, it has become a sort of sonic therapy. Shasha Shima, I hope you don't mind that I shared the entire review here. The fact that it was so kind and so personal really moved me. You know, it's not really um, about what is intended with this podcast, in my opinion, or any art, really. Whatever you get from listening to me tell my little stories, I am so grateful that you get it. Whether it helps you sleep, or just keeps you company if you can't sleep, or anything else. Um, anyway, this really moved me. I read it on Christmas, and it was a big gift to me. Thank you so much for sharing that. So if you want to leave a review like Shashashima, you can also leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our Facebook page um, if you want to leave some words for the show. You can also follow me on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, or on our Facebook and YouTube pages just called On A Dark Cold Night. Thank you so much for making this holiday season really memorable and meaningful for me, everyone. The greatest gift I could receive is just knowing you guys are out there listening. Thank you for being with me. Let's make 2020 as good as we want it to be and know it can be. Happy New Year, my friends. Sweet dreams. <laughs>